Welcome to the five questions for a field service expert podcast. This is the show for field service professionals where we dig into the big questions about field service delivery and management. Every episode, we ask a field service expert five questions that can help you do your job better. So today we're talking to Nick Frank of SI2 Partners. Nick has worked as an international consultant for more than six years uh, in a range of of, um, industries, including engineering, uh, high-volume manufacturing, uh, technology. uh, It runs the gamut, really. His expertise includes uh, development of strategic methodologies, initiatives, uh, support mechanisms, including technological, organizational, uh, and process-driven aspects. Uh, So Nick truly uh, understands a holistic uh, perspective and, and brings a holistic perspective to all of his engagements for organizations who are looking to uh, rethink, uh, reimagine, and then, of course, uh, uh, re-engineer their, their field service organization. So thanks for being with us today, Nick. Yep, looking forward to it, Dan. Great, terrific. Well, as you know, uh, we have five questions for you. Uh, these are unique to your areas of expertise. Uh, this is, of course, the five questions for a field service expert. So being an expert yourself, Nick, uh, let's jump in uh, right away with the first question. Okay. So you, so you work with uh, companies to help them transition from a product-driven business model uh, to a blended model of products plus services. When, when it comes to servicization, how, how do you see a company uh, determining what their customers value most in that equation? Well, I think uh, I think it's really key to understand uh, the customer and really deeply understand the customer and, and understand their the, the, the direct uh, value chains, the customer value chain, but also their position in the industry, because this is how you really start to understand how you can combine products and services to really make a difference to your customer, and that's the key. When people talk about servitization, they can get sort of a bit hung up on the on the terminology. What it's really about is it's about combining the the know-how and capability of your business to make a difference to your customer. And to do that, you need to really understand um, how they make money and how they make money within the industry value chain. And I think that is the absolute key. Um, And and the best way to do that is to talk. You've got to talk to your customer. Um, You've got to have a business conversation with them. Uh, and really get in deeply into, you know, really uh, how their business really works and how they do make money. And then you can then develop the conversation into what, how do you as a business make a difference to them? And you'd be very surprised as, as you get into this discussion with your, with your customers, um, how you then get a spark of creativity and you can start to, if you like, you know, some people call it co-creation, but you're basically working together with your, your customer. and in and trying to start to develop ideas as to what what, what can you do uh, to make a difference and what I find is that most customers are very positive um, to this kind of approach because actually it's about making them successful but uh, the, the 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 other side of it is that it's not a simple process I think a lot of people when they um, when they talk to their customers they they ask the question um, you know what is it that you value mr. customer and that was not going to get you anywhere at all. You really have to be talking at a much, much higher business level. And questions like, you know, how does your business work? Uh, how do you, how do, how does what we do relate help you be more competitive? These much more open questions and really getting behind it. Um, so that's uh, that's probably sort of like the number the one number one way to work. I think the other 
um, is obviously talk to your people. But you have to be very careful when you talk to your own salespeople um, uh, because they have a perspective on the customer. Um, it's useful. Uh, it's very useful. It gives a, certain insights. But they are, at the end of the day, trying to sell to the customer, and they have a, a certain perception that's, that's uh, biased by that perspective. And the third thing I think you can do is uh, desk research. I think especially for larger companies where maybe they have uh, you know, annual reports, always recommend looking at um, uh, the annual report and the CEO's um, overview. Because in there, you'll find insights into really what, what is the direction that the CEO really wants to take the business. And if you can relate um, your service offerings to those three or four strategic uh, actions that the CEO is, is trying to drive forward, you'll be much more successful in, in, in that discussion with your customer. And I've found in the past that is a very useful way to, of, of, of making sure that you have a very relevant discussion with, uh, with, um, with your clients. That's a really wise answer. I, I've actually, in, in all my years of, of understanding the market uh, for various purposes and, and trying to understand where it's headed and where my customers are going, um, I've never heard before, uh, check out the target company's annual reports and read the letter from the CEO. What, a, what, a, what an insightful way to, 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 get, a, to get a read on uh, the market's direction. Really, really terrific. Thank you for that. Uh, Nick, tell us, now there, there's any number of service dimensions or, or components a company can look to improve. In fact, you mentioned just a minute ago that, that you know, there might be three or four in a particular CEO's letter to his or her shareholders. How do you recommend a company select from all those different opportunities? Well, I think it's, uh, it's complex, and I think it's important to uh, realize that, you know, businesses are complex. So uh, I know personally what I do, and there are many ways of doing it, but what I do is I tend to split it, the business down into four different areas. Uh, to try to understand really where the key problem is that that company is facing. Um, so the, f the first area is value, and we just talked really about value, but it's very, it's absolutely key to understand uh, how the custom, how the customers perceive um, your business in terms of uh, the value that you can offer, uh, and also really, do you really understand what your clients really need? So we we just talked about that. The, the second area. Um, is really the go-to market because even if you've got a great understanding of value, if you can't actually bring your service offerings to market uh, effectively, uh, then you're not going to succeed. And and I always think that there's two aspects of that. Firstly, the sort of framework with which you from which you work from idea to the deployment of the service um, proposition. Uh, and this is uh, is really really key to uh, ensure the the quality of the service offering, and also to ensure that uh, you've actually blended together the product development process and the service development process. Because with digitization, uh, service and products are really really blurred. So the, the 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 delivery process for both products and services should be uh, pretty much entwined. And even if you are good at uh, developing the products, you then got to sell them. And so that's the second half of the go-to-market strategy is making sure that everyone in the organization, not just the salespeople, because service is not just about, selling service is not just about sales, the, the, the guys who are out there in, in, the, in the front line talking to customers. There are other people talking to customers. For example, your, your support, customer support center, 
your field service engineers. Many, many people in service are talking to the customer and they all need to be able to uh, talk uh, at different levels about the value that you can bring to the customers. It's really important. And this is really what I mean by sort of being service savvy is that the whole organization really has to understand uh, the value proposition of the services. So I look at how well does a company do that? And then the third area is often where a place where a lot of people uh, start, which is the service delivery, because often this is where you see, really see the problems uh, initially. Um, you know, are you able to deliver a consistent level of service uh, to the timings that are required by the customer? Are they satisfied with that, you know, the first time fixed rates? You know, are you fixing their problems? Uh, are you actually working as a partner with them? Uh, these kind of things. Um, are they, are they, have they got, have, are they having a good experience with, uh, with you? So those are tend to be um, the types of uh, outcomes that people can more easily see. So often people start with the service delivery process. Uh, and then the, the final aspect, the fourth aspect I'm always looking for is the leadership. Uh, and the leadership is not just about uh, you know, the ability to communicate and inspire people, but also how well uh, how well the business plans flow down. Do you have uh, you know consistency between what the business is trying to achieve and what the service business is trying to achieve? Is it is it documented? Is it actually resourced? Uh, these are the kind of things you look at. So um, so you know it is complex. It is a complex uh, animal to understand, but I think the important thing is to look back, look, sorry, take a step back and look at those different areas. And if you can identify where the key problems are, that's, those are the problems that will be relevant to you and relevant to your people, then that's a, a good place to start. So kinds of things that I do is do assessments. Um, it, it, it's, it's very, because it's very contextual, you really have to develop the sort of like, you know, a, a broad framework to suit the customer. So it does take quite a lot of skill actually to actually step back and see where the, where the real problems are. Well, that makes a ton of sense. And it's, it's, as I mentioned, it's great to have that holistic view of the business and almost work backwards from the, the point where you're interacting with the customer and then, and then all the inner workings that sort of lead up to that, that, that crucial interaction. So assuming, uh, assuming growth equals health, and, and you're engaged by any number of organizations to ensure a degree of growth or, or, or augment growth in some way. How does, how, how, how do you see a company um, sort of uh, in the abstract, not any specific companies necessarily, but how do you see companies going about uh, attempting to grow their, their field service organization? Is, is there a point where it's most helpful to actually begin looking to do that? Well, I think uh, I think there's there is kind of like two phases to growing field service organization. There's one the operational phase uh, where you have to really become excellent at uh, at providing a service, and then there's the business growth phase. And you really can't get into growing a service business in terms you know when I say growing a service business in terms of we talk about revenues and profits you won't really succeed in growing the service business unless you are really excellent excellent in the operational side because um, growing a service business means taking on more responsibility uh, of, of the customer's business. That's where the, the value it really is. And and who's going to give, uh, um, who's going to hand over that responsibility to a company that is uh, struggling to deliver just on the basic support? 
So I think that's really where um, people start. They start on the uh, on the, the service delivery side. Uh, they start looking at, um, and, and traditionally, I think people look at the processes. They look at their metrics, and they try to uh, have a clear direction as to uh, what are the expectations around um, servicing the customer and what a satisfied customer really looks like. Um, but I think that uh, it, it's dangerous just to concentrate on, like, if you like, the, the techniques, te technical side of management. Uh, the other side is the people side, which I think is personally think is actually v really the key, uh, because when you start to grow a, 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 an organization, um, it is all about people. Uh, even though there's a lot of technology now involved in businesses, it's still people who use that technology. And you need to get your people really, uh, for a start, get them into the right mindset. Um, get them in, if you can get your people uh, inspired, get them into a, a develop a self-learning culture where they start to motivate themselves to learn more, to drive themselves forward, and with a focus on, on the customer. All the, all the great organizations that, uh, that I've worked with or worked for who um, are good at customer service, the one thing that you see is they have this tremendous passion for the customer and uh, a passion to really make sure the customer is successful. So I think that the, the people side is very important. Uh, You've got to get that right. Then you've got to get your operational, um, uh, your operations right, so that you can deliver the service. And then, when you're in that in that zone, uh, you can then really start to uh, look at expanding your, your business from a, a, a sales perspective uh, and selling more. So I think I would see it in those kind of three phases. So let's get let's, from there. Let's get more specific in terms of a, a, a specific company you've seen improve its field service operations. Is there is there a story you can tell about an individual organization who you've seen uh, succeed at, at, at growth and, and how they did that? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's an organization that I used to, uh, I used to work for. Um, it was a uh, injection molding company, uh, and I think that what I would say is it's. It's, no, it's never a straight line. So that's why I won't mention who the company is because it, it involves ups and downs. Uh, and it's also uh, not a, an overnight journey. It takes a long time. And uh, in, this, in this particular business, uh, they are renowned for having probably the best service within their, within their um, industry sector. Um, it really uh, come, came down, it really started with the people uh, having uh, a service team that was really, uh, really dedicated to serving the customer. Absolutely, their number one priority was make sure that the customer's machine uh, was up and running. Uh, they then started to develop, even, you know, the kind of like tagline was like keep keeping our customers in the lead. And this is also quite a powerful way of of actually inspiring uh, people to and giving them a very clear perspective of what the expectation of is of them and what you're trying to do as a business. And, and I think that's really the, the, the first uh, aspect, and we've talked about it quite a lot, is that, is that mindset. But then you've got to go a lot further than that. You've then got to make sure that those people are, are well-trained, and this company set up a quite a formal training program, uh, very structured, uh, identified the skills that were required, uh, and actually uh, you know when people did the training and with things like e-training and now videos you can really 
um, you can do it's a much easier to do the training it doesn't have to be all on-site training which can be difficult for a service organization uh, you can really sort of like uh, really test people and test people's understanding and by monitoring their performance in the field you can also weed out poor, poor performers and, and you know it's a competitive business and I think that's what all businesses have to do they have to set the, set the bar high and if people aren't performing try to help them get better but if they're not going to get better then you either uh, allocate them to another job uh, or unfortunately um, they, they have to uh, look for, for another job somewhere else so I think the people side was very important uh, uh, baseline but once you start to get to a certain size and you start to get grow to, to grow you also have to make sure that you've got the right tools in place and um, uh, the right tools to enable you to uh, plan the service technician time make sure the parts uh, arrive at the same time as the technician uh, and also make sure that you're uh, in control so that you're able to uh, record what's being done develop your kpis these kind of planning tools you know service management systems i think are very important um, but this is where I, I guess it's like the ups and downs uh, this company is excellent uh, really excellent service but does not have the the best planning tools so there's i think the lesson is there's always room to improve if you've got great people who are really dedicated, you'll be able to provide a certain level of service. But the planning is important, and you you always find in a business there are always you know, areas that you have to improve. So this is where this business is, is particularly looking to improve um, now, especially with the advent of mo mobile solutions and uh, looking to improve the flow of information and knowledge uh, backwards and forwards. Um, between the service technicians and the customer support centers. And that brings me on to the fourth aspect, I think, where this company has been very, very successful, is really in teamwork, is that uh, field service isn't just about the guy in the front line. That person needs to be supported by a whole raft of team. You've got to get the parts to that person at the right time, so there's a whole logistics organization uh, behind them uh, you've got a huge amount of knowledge it depends on, on the industry obviously but when you have quite complex industrial equipment uh, with the, the different ages legacy equipment etc it is a complex job and uh, they need support from the customer support center so it's very important that um, they have very good teamwork and work very closely with the customer support center especially as we start to see uh, remote diagnostics augmented reality and, uh, and these other technologies starting to become much more mainstream what you start to see is this kind of like blending together of the field organization and the uh, and the central support center and i think the other uh, part of the very important part of the team is uh, the sales the sales force um, the sales force are representing the, uh, the the business in the client and it's really important that they know what is happening that they have visibility but also, I think the service can really help sales guys get insight into what's happening in the customer because they're seeing it from a different perspective. And vice versa, the sales guys can often open the door to service sales because they have um, they have the, the contacts at to sort of higher management levels within the business. So it's that very much that that teamwork side of it. 
that's that's incredibly thorough. I appreciate the again the holistic perspective you're bringing to to how um, a particular organization has improved its its field service operations. And and in that in that um, response, you you referenced you know tools and platforms that that organizations can use um, to improve and to grow. And I'm wondering for our last question. I'm wondering how, with the technicians being central to service delivery, of course, how, how have you seen a field service organization, organizations, ensure their technicians are just as effective as they can be in their work? Well, I think that's where the, it's a very exciting time, and I think this is where the tools um, really make a big difference, because it, the, the essence of, uh, of good field service is having the right person at the right time, in the right place, with the right tools to do the right job. Uh, and also getting the right level of support and uh, a lot of rights there I know but um, but that, that's the essence of it and uh, what we're seeing now is an exciting period where service management systems are becoming uh, uh, much more integrated with other parts of the business uh, with the ERP for example with the ERP so that you can start to see uh, parts and the CRM systems so you can get more information and background on, on customers and so I think uh, that uh, actually it's this uh, transparency that uh, the tools are bringing, which uh, is a really exciting time uh, for the business. Because um, how do you achieve those things? It's all about information and having the right information at the fingertips of the person who's, who's ma managing the process, which is often a coordinator, so they get make sure that the service technician is in, you know, it, has, has all the tools available to them. But I think also, it's also making sure that the, the service technician also gets access to knowledge and information. And again, this is where these uh, these tools are very exciting. And, and really, uh, we're very much in the, the early days of that. Um, uh, we're just really, people are just, people getting hung up, hung up on this idea of digitization uh, which is hard to grasp. It's really about information and the flow of information. And uh, we're just really now starting to understand how do we get information, how do we get knowledge to our service tech, and how do we actually manage that whole process using all the information in the business that's available to you. So I think it's a very exciting time. Uh, I think the other thing that, um, that, you, that you need alongside the, um, the systems and the processes, I think you also need the... Um, coaching I think that's a really important part and it kind of goes with the it, as you get more transparency you can see much more what people are doing you can see from service reports which service technicians are are, are solving which kind of problems more easily and which which who is who's having a harder time and I think it's very it's very important not to remember that the the people aspect and uh, and managers really have to spend time using that information and helping them in terms of their training, targeting their training uh, to the right people who need it, as well as mentoring and really creating this kind of like uh, uh, cycle of continuous improvement, which all businesses strive for, but also managing the, their time, making sure that they don't burn out their service technicians. So, yeah, no, it's a, I think it's a very exciting time for the industry at this moment. Excellent. Awesome. Well, you've just heard Nick Frank provide his perspective on five questions for a field service expert. Nick is the co-founder and managing partner at, at SI2 Partners. You can reach Nick at uh, by email at nick.frank at si 
to Nick, thanks so much for speaking with us today. We greatly appreciate all of your expertise. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Five Questions for a Field Service Expert. For more expert views on field service, subscribe to the Mobile Reach blog at mobilereach.com.